Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Netjabar. This is going to be episode 77 of The Informed Catholic, and we're going to go into uh, the readings of the 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. So, um, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share to the podcast. Thank you. Let's begin with the... uh, our opening prayer, our uh, act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please join me. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. I also pray for anyone who uh, is listening to the podcast that this would be a great help and a great grace to you, to anyone you love and to your loved ones. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Okay, now we go to the Gloria. Oh, let's uh, go, let's say the Kiri in English. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we adore you, we bless you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son. Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we're uh, we're gone past the month of August, and now we are in the month of September. So interesting. Um, I guess you guys might have heard already about Shia LaBeouf and his conversion. There's an uh, an interesting clip going around where you know he's playing uh, Padre Pio in the movie, and there's one uh, there's a scene going around where I don't know he I, I turns out it's something that happened in the confessional, and I don't know um, who knows um, I'm gonna take a guess there's a lot of uh, 
because the film shows people waving red flags. So there's Marxism going around and socialism and people on the street fighting. And so, um, you know, anyway, there's a, he's, something happened. I don't know the full story. I, I, I like Padre Pio and this scene where the woman went to ask him a question or something and he's very agitated and he says uh, to the woman to shut up, to shut the F up. He drops the F bomb uh, in it. And uh, um, so far, a lot of people who say that Padre Pio would never have done that. He never would have cursed anyone out using profanity. And um, uh, some are extremely disappointed that this was done f uh, in the movie. If that's going to be in the film, hope people are hoping that's just a, a rejected clip. But um, Shia LaBeouf, unfortunately, he—I mean, he—I'm great. I'm happy for his conversion. I think it's great that he converted. I just hope. I mean, I hope it's not true because maybe they're going to direct. They think they're going in the direction of Father Stu, because Father Stu had a lot of profanity in it, and maybe that's just a scene that's rejected. That's not in the film. Hopefully, it's not. Um, if you know, you know, that's just not him. I mean, you don't. Be honest with you, the dramaticness of him just saying "shut up," you know, with a with the intensity in it, and then saying to the woman, saying he's demanding that the woman say "Christ is Lord." That's enough. I don't think you need to put in. I mean, you know, you could have someone else in the film. There's a scene where a yell a man yells at the woman, and uh, he use he calls her a stupid. F and, and then he says the C word uh, and, and, you know, that causes the young lady uh, to grab the red flag, I guess, at the Marxist or socialist and she's charging towards them and someone decides to, uh, to shoot her and she's, she's unarmed. She's just running with a, you know, red flag tied to a pole. So it's going to be interesting to see the results, uh, what the film will, what the final cut of the film will be. So I'll try to do an article about uh, Shia LaBeouf later on. Okay, first reading is from the Book of Wisdom, chapter 9, verse 13 to 18. Who can conceive what the Lord intends? Reading from the Book of Wisdom. Who can know God's counsel? Or who can conceive what the Lord intends? For the deliberations of mortals are timid. And unsure are our plans. For the corruptible body burdens the soul. And the earthen shelter weighs down the mind that has many concerns. And scarce do we get, guess the things on earth. And what is within our grasp we find with difficulty. 
But when things are in heaven, who can search them out? Or who even knows, who, 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 whoever knew your counsel except you had given wisdom and sent your, your Holy Spirit from on high? And thus were the paths of those on earth who, may, who made straight. Okay, one more time. Wisdom chapter 9, verse 13 to 18. Who can know God's counsel? Or who can conceive what the Lord intends? For the deliberations of mortals are timid, and unsure are our plans. For the corruptible body burdens the soul, and the earthen shelters weighs down the mind that has many concerns, and scarce do we guess the things on earth, and what is within our grasp we find with difficulty. But when things are in heaven, who can search them out? Or who can, who ever knew your counsel except you had given wisdom? You, except you had given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high. And thus were the paths of those on earth made straight. The gospel, <laughs> sorry, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think I remember the other day talking uh, to my mom and we were basically, I think it was, it was all about the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And knowledge is something different just because you have knowledge about something doesn't mean you have the wisdom to understand exactly what it is. Wisdom is something completely different. You could have knowledge about a lot of things. And it's been said that even like the book, uh, The Imitation of Christ, the first chapter, and it makes it quite clear that, you know, you could study all the philosophies and uh, you could study all the the doctrines and dogmas and you could study all the church fathers and you could have knowledge of all the sciences, the different sciences. But if you don't have knowledge of the gospel, you do not have, uh, you know, love, basically not knowledge, but love. If you don't have the love of Jesus Christ in you, if you don't have the love of God, all that means nothing. And it's often been said in scripture, much knowledge of things can weigh the mind down, weigh the soul down. Much knowledge, you could study all the philosophies, all the, uh, the different teachers, you could study all of them. And they could destroy your faith. You are exposed to new people. Now, people would say, well, that's because you, you now, you know, you know better. No, not necessarily you know better. A lot of people 
can come to know a lot of things. And it destroys a lot of things that they hold dear. I've met a lot of people who have studied so many different things and they seem depressed, miserable. It destroys your faith. Does Did it really make things better? You know? I mean, Nietzsche... He knew, you know, he, he studied all kinds, he studied philosophy. And he was miserable when he died. He was a miserable man. It, it hurt him. Nothing to believe in. God is dead in his mind. He, he was convinced of that. A lot of people study a lot of different forms of philosophy. They're not all. They're not all. They were not all happy people. Atheism is really a horrible. It's really a horrible way of life to go. There's a lot more belief, a lot more commitment to atheism. It demands a lot more. It does not make a person happy. It doesn't make you better, person. You know, it does not make anyone better. I don't, I have never, I have not met anyone from the other side of, of the spectrum, let's say, of no faith, no God, that has been happy. Only angry, sad, miserable. A lot of people, like, believe that there is nothing, really nothing out there, nothing to believe in, nothing to look forward to, Nothing. That were here by accident. I haven't met anyone who, who could say they're happy. God. God makes sense. It's not a fairy tale. All right. It's not a fairy tale. Even though they like to accuse Christians of believing in fairy tales. I don't think so. I think. I think evolution is a fairy tale. I think. Atheism is worse than anything else because there's no hope. There's no hope. There's no meaning. There's no comfort. There really isn't. And people can can look to many different things to make them happy. They try to think they're going to make them happy. You know, sexual deviancy, politics, economics, money. But then you have to believe that there's no purpose in those meaning because once you bring in purpose and meaning, you're going to have to bring in God. Because if there is no God, there is no meaning to life and there is no purpose to life. Right? You got to really believe that. So you need to believe that God exists. You need to believe there's purpose and meaning. Purpose and meaning to my existence. What is that purpose and meaning if it's not God? There has to be God. There has to be. You can't go around living like there's no purpose and meaning to life. There's no purpose to our existence. We're all here. We're just all an accident. That's always the reason why we're here, because of an accident. 
No. I don't think anyone can go through life thinking that. I don't think anyone can believe that at all. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the heart and love of God and the Father and the Son together. The life. And, I'll, and you need the Holy Spirit to sanctify your faith. To sanctify, it sanctifies life. It sanctifies us. And it sanctifies what we are, you know, what, what, our, what our faith is. And it brings absolute meaning. Because God, God, God the Holy Spirit is who regenerates, sustains all things, breathes life, gives life to new, to new life, like new children, new babies being born. Life to the plants and trees. Life to everything in the universe. A power that's everywhere and everywhere. I don't understand how anybody can go around thinking and saying that there is no purpose and no meaning to this world. I haven't met a happy person who thinks who, who's happy with that. As a matter of fact, they got you. They usually get more depressed and more melancholy. All right, let's move on. Psalm 90. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn man back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday. Now that it is past, or as a watch of the, of the night. In every age, O oh Lord, you have been our refuge. I'll read this line one more time. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years are a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday, now that it is past, or as a watch of the night. In every age, O oh Lord, you have been our refuge. You make an end of them in their in their sleep. And the next morning, they are like the changing grass, which at dawn springs up anew, but by evening wilts and fades. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, O how long, in every age, O oh Lord, you have been our refuge. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shoot, shout for joy and, glad, and gladness all our days. And may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prepare, prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. In every age, O oh Lord, you have been our refuge. So this is a beautiful psalm. It's a beautiful 
psalm because it lets you contemplate not the fact that we were just mortal and we're going to die, but the fact is we don't have control of our lives. We don't have control. No matter how hard man will try, we'll never be able to control or master nature. I mean, you know, you see how everybody's talking about the environment and everything. They're talking about, you know, how we have to population control, that we have to control our, our cats, our cows, that is, and that we should be careful, uh, you know, cut back on the amount of cows because we got to cut back on cow fart, basically. And, uh, you know, it's, a, you know, it, it, to me, this is just like, I hate to say it, but Nazis on a progressive level, basically, because it's all about population control. Think about it. We're trying so hard. Now we, we want to go from fossil fuel, right, to electric cars. Well, electric cars, cars need uh, batteries, and batteries have to be dug up. And the areas that they dig them up, there's a lot of damage. For example, you need cobalt, cobalt from Africa to dig for the minerals. And the other minerals you need also, big major, you need from China. And China has a great deposit of this, this particular kind of mineral that builds, that makes a battery. The same way Africa has it. And guess what happens? That culture is going to fall I mean, the environment is going to just fall apart because the battery is more damaging to the environment than fossil fuel. And yet these people are trying to push it. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that kind of funny? And it's, you have to wonder why. Well, is it because China's behind it? Is it because they want to be dominant over American um I mean, you know, over over the the world politics is that it to control fossil fuel, to control it, to have everybody go to, to batteries, electric cars. It's not going to help things. It's going to damage things more. It's it's a strange strange world we live in. All right, let's move on to the next reading. Okay, Paul's letter to Philemon is the second reading. It's um from chapter. I'm sorry. Verse 9 to 10, 12 to 17, it's a short letter. Receive him no longer as a slave, but as a beloved brother. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Philemon. I, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus, urge you on behalf of my child, one Simeus, whose father I have become, in my imprisonment, I'm sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I should have liked to retain him for myself, so that he might serve me on your behalf in my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that the good you do might not be forced, but voluntary. Perhaps this is why he was away from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a brother, a beloved, especially to me, but even more so to you as a man 
and in the Lord. So if you regard me as a partner, welcome him as you would me. The, God, uh, the, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, um, you've often, we've often heard the great controversies, the attack against Christianity, because unfortunately there have been slaves and, you know, especially here in America with, um, the whole civil war history and the slave, the slavery. But here we often see that a lot of Christians, present, uh, Christians did not often live with, um, will live up to the tenets of the Christian faith. Um, human beings very rarely ever do, you know, and, uh, as my friend said once to me, Henry, you know, find any religion where someone ever lived up to the values of their faith. You find that very few ever did and a majority never did. You know, people attack Christianity because that's the one religion that represents Western culture that often represents half of the million people on the planet. So certain people who are radical, who think that they're wise in their own eyes, we're going to that trope, that argument, are going to try to find a way to tear down uh, Christianity. Uh, because it's the one thing, basically, especially if you're in politics, especially if you're into Marxism, you're going to be anti-Western history. You're going to be anti-Western value. You're going to be anti-Christian value. And the West even has a, unfortunately, amnesia. It doesn't want to remember this about, about uh, Christianity. Uh, since now we're also getting... A getting a lot of messianic Jews, so I guess that might be considered a denomination at some point. But you can't escape from history. You have to admit that, you know, we need we need Christ. We need him. We need him in our world. We need him in our, how we think. We need Jesus. We need God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit to guide us through difficult things. Everything we do as Christians should be in Christ. We Christ defines us as a as a people, as a faith. He defines every single loving individual. This is what we need. We, we need this so that we can grow into our Lord, until we reflect Him. And if not him, maybe as close as possible as becoming saints. We can't do any moral decision. Abortion is something we cannot go against. We cannot agree to abortion and go against the teachings of Christ. We are incarnation people. And so therefore our faith begins in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's who we are. Regardless of what all these these liberals or these activists want to believe. They can't get rid of the Christian faith. Amen. So let's move on from there to the gospel. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 14, 25 to 33. Any of you who does not renounce all 
possessions cannot be my disciple. Okay. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there's enough for its complete completion. Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish it. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops or he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. And became, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. All right, folks. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, what is Jesus asking? Why, why is he using such harsh, wor harsh words as hate? have to hate your father and mother. Well, what does he mean by that? Well, Jesus and other passages have said, I came not to bring peace, but the sword. Division between family. And he's also said in Luke, the same thing. How 
you know, oh, oh, how I wish to set the world on fire. And my, and I am, you know, in anguish. I have come not to bring peace, but division. He said, he said those words. Why do you have to hate your father and mother and family and your own life? Because anything that gets in the way, that gets in the way of your relationship with him, he demands absolute submission. He demands absolutely that you give up your life to him. And he even said, pick up your cross. Pick up the cross. Whatever the price may be, whatever the trouble comes, we're going to have to pick up our cross. We're going to pick up our cross whether we follow him or not. As closer we reach to death, as closer we reach our own Mount Calvary, our own Golgotha, we're going to have to pick up our cross. Loneliness, pain, suffering, rejection, poverty, loss of a job, loss of a career, a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, disease, cancer, you name it. We're going to wind up carrying our cross up that mountain and we're going to wind up being crucified, but we might as well get crucified for something and it should be worth our death, but it should also bring us salvation. People crucify themselves with their lusts, their passions, their, their egos, their pride, their vanities. We crucify ourselves every single day. We make fools of ourselves. We, 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 we waste money on things like I wasted my money on, on comics and stupid hobbies. Other people have wasted their money on other stupid hobbies. I Trust me, I know guys at work that still buy, buy action figures in their 40s. There's a lot of things people waste their lives on some people waste their whole life waiting for that one love that will never come some people waste their their whole life waiting for that that opportunity where they're going to break into movies or music and it never comes we all have we all have something we want, but is it the right thing? So you have to, Jesus demands that you hate it. You hate it. You turn your back on it. You hate it. You follow him. You submit to him. You submit it all to him. He may give it back to us, but guess what? We still have to give everything up to him. We have to pick up our cross we have to pick up our cross and we have to give ourselves to him. Everything. He demands it all. I'm not going to even say 100%. I'm going to say all. All of it. He demands all of it. This is what he demands. There is nothing else. There is no other way. You look back, like he says, you know, he uses the tower not because of the resources, but because the foundation. The foundation has to be Christ.
The foundation has to be Christ. He uses the analogy of a king going to war. What he means is you have to go to war against all your vices, all everything that holds you back, everything in your life that holds you back. You, you, you have to calculate. I mean, if you're going to go to war against Christ, you're going to lose. But you have to, either way, you're going to have to go fight for Christ. And that means you need all the virtues and 100% of the faith. There is nothing else. There is no other way. This is the only way. The only way to get to know Jesus. Amen.